0: Welcome back to the Believing and Achieving Podcast, where we discuss all things health, longevity, improvement, awareness, and creativity. I am your host, Kylie Comstock, a self-taught master of the mind and body. Each episode, we will have guests from different backgrounds, stories, and knowledge to help you unlock the power within and incinerate your goals. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode on the Believing and Achieving podcast. Today, we have a special guest, um, Madison Lubin. Lubien? How do I say your last name? Yep. Lubin. I don't want to pronounce it correctly. Lubin. <laughs> no, okay. You did fancy. Okay, good. An accomplished esthetician skilled in lash and spray tan artistry, as well as online business management. This episode, we will be focusing on the wealth of insights Madison has gained through her years of experience, providing listeners with valuable lessons and secrets to her success. We are so blessed to have her on today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We did a podcast, Um, everyone, a little background. For those who are like newer listeners, we did a podcast uh, probably, well, like a year ago. And yeah, so. it was our first one. So we were both just really you know figuring it out me mainly maddie was well put together but my podcast was very out of it at the moment so anyway kind of a fun little backstory but um maddie i would love for the listeners to hear more about you and your lash and spray tan artistry beginning with where you started to where you are now um could you provide the listeners with some background
1: yeah 100 so i have been in the like beauty industry business for about three and a half years now um, it all started with spray tans. I was working at a spray tan and just tanning salon. And I really loved just the art of spray tanning. It was very satisfying to me. And so when I eventually left that job, I decided to kind of take it on my own and add it on to starting lashes once I graduated aesthetic school. And I've so I've been doing it just three and a half years and I've loved it and it's been given... Sorry, I'm like totally stuttering, but it's given me the freedom to kind of have my own schedule, my own time, and I've been able to be self-employed almost my whole adult life. So it's been really, really fun.
0: I think so many people are looking up to you in that, like they're in esthetician school. I would assume most people who are listening are in esthetician school or are looking to kind of further advance that. Um, so could you share some tips for estheticians, like looking to enhance their skills in like lash and spray tan artistry? How did you, where do you feel like was your kind of blind spots when you were just starting out? And like, how do you feel like you, um, were able to work on those and make them strengths? Like, was there areas that you feel like you lacked in that you got better at over time?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think one of the biggest things, especially for the people that are students in aesthetic school and cosmetology school and any kind of you know technical college. I think my biggest thing during that time was to really take everything in that I was learning and to really make and take advantage almost of, of the opportunities and the resources and the teachers and their knowledge. I think what happens a lot is we go into these environments and we're just going to get the license or the certification and we're not taking full advantage. And I asked questions. So if you're a student, Ask questions. It's okay to ask questions. There are people that are coming in and professionals that know more than you. And it's important to, like I said, take advantage of that. And so when I left school, I had a lot of knowledge outside of just the base curriculum, I think, because I struck up conversations with my instructors. I asked questions. And then once you're outside of school, it's very important especially in the aesthetics realm. I can't exactly speak for cosmetology or any of the other like technical colleges, but it's very important to get further education. For me, my specialty and what I wanted to specialize in was lashes and lash extensions. I unfortunately didn't get I think as much that I wanted to learn in aesthetic school and that's okay I mean they have so many things that they have to teach in in such a short amount of time however I think it's very important to outside of that further that education so I went and got certified through another company to learn lash extensions and I think that was one big thing that really helped um so if there is something that they want to specialize in not only just taking, okay, I learned what I did in school, but going and getting that experience elsewhere and from more professionals.
0: Yeah, that's huge. I think in anything you pursue, it's really important to make sure you're one, asking questions and two, like you're seeking other sources of of education because it's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like you get in in the field that you're studying and you are, you know, doing it, you're doing the job and then people kind of like ask you kind of like, what separates you? What makes you different from other people? And you're like, "Mm, I don't know nothing right now because I just went through school. But when you have those extra like certifications or those um, little like educational, I don't know, videos or things that you do, you end up actually having something you can say when people ask you that. Like for me right now too, that's kind of something with personal training, applying it to like I'm getting my nutrition certification too. And there's a couple other certifications I'm looking into where it's like, I don't just want to be a personal trainer. I want to be like, you know, I, I got certified as a mindset coach and like other areas where it's like you can specialize and really like cater to your ideal client. Um, But that's really cool. I didn't know you went back and got certified again. So did you go, who'd you go to to get You got who'd you go to school for school and then also who'd you go back to for lash certification?
1: Yeah. So I actually it was kind of reversed. I knew that I wanted to do lashes before I even went into school. My mom had done them. She's an esthetician. And so I went and I got certified through a company called Borboletta
0: a long, long,
1: long time ago. And then and it was like in an online situation. And I knew that I was going to attend aesthetic school on top of that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this to see if it's something. And then I went to Acadia. And that was where I got the rest of my um, esthetician license and everything. And I enjoyed my time there. They did a fantastic job. And I don't mean to say like, you, they didn't do enough with the lashes. They just had so much to teach that, you know, I was like, okay, I'm very grateful that I went and had some training prior to it. Um, And I think one of the things that's really important too, especially in my, you know, line of business practice, you have to practice. I think I've learned more in the actual workforce doing it and being with my clients every day and practicing and wanting to get better. You know me, I'm a major perfectionist. Multiple times I, I go back and tape you back down so that I can add one more. And I think you learn so, so, so much when you're working at it and you're trying to be better and just using all of the resources you've had all of your education all the prior education continued education so
0: yeah and on that the reason I think I actually listened okay no I didn't listen to this. I had a client tell me this I think I told you this actually in my last appointment but she was like um find ways to love like the negative things about yourself like for me I'm also a perfectionist but like also, that's what makes you so good at lashes. Like, that's why people come to you. And that's also why, you know, I feel like in my life, I've been able to get really good results from the gym is because I'm, like, very, like, critical about my workouts and, like, about, you know, being regimented with that. And so at the same time, like, oh, you say, like, oh, like, I'm a perfectionist. It's kind of, like, a good thing, too, especially being a lash artist when there's, like, so much detail-oriented work. Um, But yeah so learn everyone who's listening will learn to love the things that are a uh, quote-unquote disadvantage for you because they actually could be also your greatest strength you know but um, uh, okay on to the next question so okay these are I kind of want to like piggyback like do both business questions and also personal questions so we'll do a personal question now um who has been your biggest inspiration in the business world like having your own online business doing lashes full-time who has inspired you would you say
1: oh my goodness I feel like there's so many you know this might not be like a super popular answer but I think actually the girls that I went to school with that also do lashes with me um they i i've looked at it kind of always as not so much as competition but as an inspiration and so i think it's really cool to see that you know just a couple of years ago i was in school with these girls none of us had these jobs and it's extremely extremely ex- inspiring to watch them build full on careers so i would actually say the people that i i was surrounded with and went to school with that have been able to build careers just like me
0: And see that to me, that just like goes to show your character, because I think a lot of people would have looked at the people they went to school with or people who were closest to them doing the same things as them as competition. They would think, oh, well, because, you know, they're doing this on their Instagram. I need to be doing this. And like they look at it like it was, you know, they're in a race or they're in a battle and they need someone needs to be the winner. But I like how you were saying like, no, they actually inspired me so much. And I actually look at them as like, um, a source of inspiration that's really really cool I think that that's also like a mindset shift that we can all kind of apply to other things too where it's like you have every chance every chance that there's someone um, out there doing the same thing as you you have the chance to use that as either a competition or an inspiration and you can use that as like anything in life whether it's even if they're not doing the same thing as you like you can use you could be a c- competitive person And still look at people as inspirational because I think that takes the, what's like that emotion that, that drives that like envy, I would say takes the envy away and like the, the negative feelings towards that person. And I think it actually makes, makes you more compassionate and respected towards them. Um, so I love, I love that Maddie. Maddie's so awesome. Um, okay. So next question, um, what strategies have you found most effective in building a strong online presence and client base for your beauty business? Oh, you know, I
1: think, and everyone talks about the importance of this, but social media and your presence on social media is so important. Now I want to hone in on the fact that followers do not always equal a full clientele. And you and I had touched on this a couple of times that, you know, I've got, I know I have under a thousand followers, but, um, it's something like seven or 800, but I don't have 800 clients. I usually take about 20 clients a week. And so I think it's very important to not equivalent the amount of followers, but more so the amount of people that are interacting with your stuff. So I found that reels on my Instagram typically do a lot better than just a, a post or a curated post. Um, as well as actually opening up about my personal life on my page, which is something I think I could do a lot more of and be better at. But clients are coming to you and they want to see your face on that page as well. They obviously want to see your work, but I think also putting yourself out there so that they know things about you and when they can connect with a human that's actually doing it and not just a false like Instagram page, kind of. I think that's really important. And I think the second thing would probably be referrals. Referrals are so, so important. And you'll understand that too. And I'm sure you already do with your clientele-based job with training. Um, Just really honing in on taking care of your clients that are referring other people. And when I was starting, like probably the first year, I told any client, whoever you refer, you get $5 off when they come in. And I think that's something that's very important when you're starting out to show your clients that you not only appreciate, you know, their business and then bringing in more business, but also it makes people want to refer you more often. And people are not going to refer someone that's not putting in the effort and not, you know, being that kind of perfectionist in, in whatever your career or your job is. And I think just making sure that when your clients come in, giving them that full experience, you know, from the time you walk in that door, from the time I walk you out, you're my only one. I I mean, I've probably said it to you before. Like, this is your hour. This is not for me. This is for you. No one else matters in this hour. You know what I mean? And so I think referrals are important. But if you're not putting that effort in with the clients that you have, they're not going to want to refer you.
0: Yeah. And to that point, I think it's like you've been really, really good at not being transactional. Like you're very because I think when you get in a service based business you like you really don't have the leeway to be transactional like you have to connect with each person if you do want those referrals if you do want more clients and obviously most times you're not even doing it out of like that reasoning like you're not doing it to you know please the client necessarily but you're doing it because you know that they will be not only, they're not only going to help you with referrals in the future, but they're also going to be maybe a possible like friend to you. Like it's, it's more about helping them, um, and connecting with them rather than like selling them and just like giving them the product and like letting them go on with their day. Um, so I really liked how you touched on that. I love how you said too, like followers don't equate to like clients. Like you could have a low amount of following, but still have a pretty solid clientele. And that kind of just goes to show, that what you focus on is what amplifies because a lot of people think that like, oh, if you focus on social media, like you're going to get all these clients. But like, let's say your focus is, at, is in social media, you might actually end up being like an influencer rather than like an actual like aesthetician, like do what you were planning on doing. So like, that's kind of where I've been with my, my content and everything too, is it's like, I'm realizing, okay, it's not necessary for me to like post 24 seven. Like I need to have quality content that actually represents who I am and then you know clients will come on their own it's not something that i need to like stress myself out over um so yeah i love those points so i already know that there's going to be a couple people who would want to know this answer um piggybacking off of what we just talked about for those who are just like starting their um social media handles or like i yeah, guess social media handles for their for their beauty business how do you suggest like they start like what kind of content would you suggest they put out
1: I think I I do have to preface this too with because I'm not like I'm not someone in marketing or
0: social media management or
1: anything I'm just an esthetician that made it work on Instagram so I obviously have to preface that but I have made it work on Instagram so I would say what's worked for me my my handle and I guess my brand is Lashed by Maddie so I try to have a personal touch in there, and then also something that signifies what my business is about. Um, so things like beauty buy, or flashed by, or aesthetics by, or you know something like that. Obviously, there are so many different names that you can do, but I think adding a personal touch, if you're, if we're talking about handles, as well as something that signifies what you do because what I've been told by a lot of clients that were not referrals, but just found me via Instagram have said, the second I search on the Instagram bar lashes, I'm one of the first that pop up if they're near the area, which I think goes to show because I said lashes in my, you know, in my handle, I think that that was one thing that really helped. And I think also having that following in Utah County, um, and with people that surround them. And I think with the beginning content it's very important to show your work right and i think that's one thing that is probably going to be the most important is getting that work out there i know it can be kind of awkward and kind of tough and a little bit kind of time constraining because you're you're doing the fills and or you're doing the facial or whatever and sometimes it can be a little intimidating to ask to ask a client and say hey can i take a video of this and obviously not everyone is going to be open to that but 99% of the time people are and they're totally welcome to it so don't be afraid to ask because if you don't have pictures of your work no one's going to know what things look like when they come to you and so I think it's very important to have your physical actual work and I think another thing especially in my line of work is to have tips and tricks and just little things, because there's only so much that I can tell you guys in the room. I mean, you're only with me for hour, hour and a half, two hours or so. And you know how it is, we're delving into so many other topics and so many other things that I don't always have time to give them every single tip and trick before you walk out my door. And so I think it's very important to use social media as a tool to, and it is, it's almost passive aggressively telling them like, hey, you need to wash your lashes or you need to not pick at your pimples or, you know, whatever it it happens to be. But I think that's one of the other things. So I would definitely say making sure that, you know, your social media handles have something personal and something that signifies your business and that content needs to be your work and things that kind of apply to that work. And I think it just sets your clients up for success and it sets you up for success.
0: Yeah, exactly. Especially when you have, like you said, like your own touch to it, because then it like, you can kind of stylize it to how you want it to look. You've done a really good job too, with keeping things cohesive on your social media. How would you like go about that? Like if someone's trying to make their feet look good, if they're trying to make their, you know, story highlights look good, how do you go about that?
1: Well, first of all, thank you. I've tried. It definitely takes a little bit to, to maneuver and figure out kind of what your your brand and your aesthetic is, right? Um, From a very young age, even before I had this business, I really loved using Instagram as an art form almost. And my personal feed is at the moment all over the place. But when I was younger, I really liked to make it cohesive, like you said. And so when it comes to your business, I think finding your, it sounds dumb, but your color scheme and kind of the aesthetic that you like um, and sticking with that. And I think that that's very important. And also, you don't have to do what everyone else does. I think it's important to find, like, we've talked about something that separates you from everyone else. And so for me, I've found that I like to do typically a video or a post about my work. And then I'll do something like, something with words. So let's say it's like, oh, here's your reminder to wash your lashes today. And I've noticed that that has helped my feed look very organized. No one wants to get on someone's Instagram that is messy and all over the place. They want something that's cohesive and beautiful and aesthetically pleasing. And I think also making your space aesthetically pleasing and somewhere clean to come into.
0: Yeah, exactly. So true. I think it's, it is like brand colors. I think we've talked about this in my marketing class as well, where it's like, you have a font, you have brand colors, you have a mission statement, you have like... There is a couple, those are probably like the top three. A mission statement is important so that you are reminding yourself of the clientele that you are bringing on. And also just like who, what customers you are suiting the needs for. Because I think the biggest thing you learn with like a service-based business or a coaching business is that you are everyone's perfect fit and that is okay, right? Like, I think in the beginning you're like, oh, I'll take anybody, I'll take anybody. But then it's like, after a while you kind of start to, To weed out the people who maybe don't necessarily align with you, Um, and again, like it's nothing against the person that's coming with you, but it's just realizing, okay, I'm not for everyone, and that's actually what makes me unique, is that I can't suit everyone's needs. You know, like I'm I'm coming for a like a specific clientele kind of thing. Um, So anyway, love those points. I hope those are really helpful for people listening because I know if I was an esthetician, this would be like absolute gold right now to just be hearing from mm-hmm. Maddie because like she's literally like leading you through the way of starting a business like online completely. So this is really, really valuable. Um, appreciate you sharing all of this. So the next thing I was going to ask you about is what key lessons have you learned from managing your own on, online beauty business that you think would be valuable for aspiring entrepreneurs in the industry? So, like what are some lessons you feel like you've learned?
1: Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, I think one of the biggest things and kind of piggybacking off your your point prior is when you were in the beginning of, of any business, especially a clientele-based business, you are kind of taking anyone and everyone and anyone that you can get. And I think that that is definitely exhausting and definitely tiring. However, I do want to talk about the importance of being humble and being willing to do that. Because that's how you get your clientele. And I think that that's some, that humility is something that's really important to keep all the way through. Of course, boundaries are so important. And that's something I, I will touch on in a second. But I think keeping that humility and my big mantra throughout my job has always been be willing and be accepting of whoever. If I'm not the fit for them or they're not a fit for me, we'll find that out but I should always be willing to put in the work and put in the effort or be willing to maybe maneuver on my schedule a little bit um, to accommodate said client. And then if it doesn't work, then that's okay. And like you said, not everyone is made to be my client and I'm not made to be everyone's flash artist and same with any, you know, entrepreneurial business or anything. Um, And then another thing would be boundaries. Boundaries are huge. So I'm almost going to kind of go back and forth between the humility and being willing—willing willing is a very big, important thing—but also not pushing yourself to the point of burnout. I think one of the biggest reasons that entrepreneurs, not quote unquote, fail, because obviously there's something to learn in in every everything. But I think having boundaries and not pushing yourself. For two years of my life, I, I took five, six clients a day, and I noticed some really bad, like back problems mental health was declining. And I just decided about a year ago, I cannot keep doing this. I want to have enough clients to make money. And I want to have enough that keeps me busy, but I don't need to kill myself off. And so I think that that's something as well, that's really important. And setting things that are non negotiables. So when you're an entrepreneur, you have to understand that you have to be willing, like I've said, but you also have to know that You don't have a boss that's setting boundaries for you. You are the only person to set those boundaries for yourself. So figuring out what hours you're willing to work and what hours you're not willing to work. And obviously those things can fluctuate and change as you're a new entrepreneur or as you're someone that's, you know, been in the business for a long time, whatever you're doing. Um, But I think those will probably be my biggest, my biggest advice.
0: Yeah, those are, those are all really good lessons. I think I like how you had touched on both humility and boundaries. And I think there is kind of that like period of time where it's acceptable to, you know, take on more people because you don't really know the limits in the beginning and you don't really know like, where should the boundary be? So it's like, if you're just starting out and you're like boundary, 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 then it's like, okay, well, good luck getting clients at all you know so it's like you kind of have to go through that phase of like realizing you know maybe taking on too many people and then realizing oh like that's not for me um and I think to to your point of like not everyone works for you I think sometimes I think we can again like I think we can just be accepting of everyone always and like you said we will figure out if it doesn't work so try to take as many people as you can right because obviously we want to make money we want to be successful we want to have good relationships with people but um yeah if there's someone who doesn't work for you you will figure out down the line and so um in the beginning i think it is good to just like have that humility and be willing but also know your limits because it's like you're not your job is never supposed to be a place of 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 sacrifice to the point of where you don't feel you can continue because that's where you're overdoing it. Right. And I think a lot of people think that like it's all sacrifice, which I don't really believe in personally. I think that it's sacrifice. Yes. But also there's other areas of life that you need to invest in. Like I just look at life like it's a big it's a big I don't know well of investments. And there's like, you know, a bunch of different sections of investments you have to make. So it's like your job takes sacrifice, but so does spending time with your family. And it's like, you need to sacrifice some time at work to be able to spend time with family. And you also need to sacrifice some time at work and family to, you know, have some time for yourself. So it's just like, there's these little investments. And I think of just like having a hundred pennies and just going around and putting a certain amount of pennies in each one. And some are going to need more than others, but it's like, at the end of the day, it really is super important that like, you're not going too hard in one area or else you are going to burn out. Like that's inevitable. Right. So I'm super happy that you were touching on those points. Um, so, okay, this is another one. This is pretty good. I feel like you answered this earlier, but it's still a good question. How do you stay updated with the latest trends and techniques and aesthetics? Are you like, is there YouTube channels you watch? Um, or like, how do you stay up on that?
1: You know, I think social media is probably one of the biggest funds. I think keeping in touch with not only the people around you, but also keeping in touch with like, I follow lash artists from other states. I follow lash companies and they are always posting the latest trends. And, you know, another one that's, I say these clients keep me young because I will have like, you know, the high school clients or anyone that's younger than me and they'll typically ask for the trends, right? So I'll I'll have a client come in and ask for brown lashes or colored lashes and so I think with coming back to that willingness and you know being willing to accept clients that same willingness needs to be when it comes to trends, right? I think a lot of people get stuck in their ways of things and with my job especially things are changing. Trends come and go and I have to be willing to adjust and acclimate to those trends because I think one of the things that does put me above some other lash artists or just other people in the business is that I'm willing. If you want brown lashes, let's do brown lashes. If you want spikes, I'll learn how to do spikes. If you want color, if you want a cat eye instead of the typical open eye, awesome. And some of these may seem like total, not even English to some people, but you know, it, it, you have to be willing to go up and down with the trends so I think social media and I think that's a big one that we all know um, but also just listening to your clientele they know they know what they want they know what they see all around a lot of those young clients will keep up with the trends and keep up with TikTok and Pinterest and
0: so yeah and I love I love you for that because I think a lot of people really and again this goes back to humility but they really struggle to listen to other ideas And like, they think that their way is the only way. And it's like, I just, I think it's so cool. Personally, I I guess for me, something I love is just learning from other people. And I think having the perspective of like, okay, my perspective is one of one thousand, like billions. There's, cause like, you think the way you see the world is how everyone sees it and how it's like, you know, it's the way it's the way that it's supposed to be. Things are always set this way, set in stone, but then it's like, You look around, you talk to people, and you realize, holy crap, there's some really like different perspectives out there. And I think, kind of going back to your point of like how you said earlier, how like failure, because like you can't ever really fail, it's always a learning lesson. It's the same thing with people's perspectives. You can't ever really like, I guess you can disagree, but you can't ever really like hate someone for having a different perspective. It's just a learning like process. It's kind of like you can just bounce off ideas and be learning from one another rather than like, Oh, I don't agree with that. So I'm going to discontinue this conversation or I'm just going to, you know, be all prideful in my head cuz it's like we all know pride doesn't get anybody anywhere. Like you can be confident. That's it's one thing to be confident but it's another to be prideful and to not listen to to take account to what people are saying around you. So, I think that's partially the reason you've been very successful in your lash business as well. It's just because of how much you listen to those around you and you really like take in account, um, what they're saying and what they have to offer you in that hour that they're with you, um. So I just think that's huge for any esthetician that's listening. Like, take very good care of your clients. Take very, take a lot of interest in them too. Like, how would you want to be? I think a big question to ask yourself in any field is like, how would you want to be treated, and how would you want to feel after leaving someone's house like how would you want to be how would you feel after being around them like would you want to feel uplifted you know probably so there's a lot of things that you can think about with asking those questions to yourself um so let's see let's do I have like so many but I don't want to keep you all night now um, I'm here for it you're doing so good could you share any personal antidotes or success stories that highlight the rewards of your jo- of your journey, of your journey as the esthetician t- and online business owner? Like, do you have any specific stories of like clients or those types of things?
1: Oh. You know what? I think actually one of them was just recent. It wasn't anything like massively huge, but I think it just goes to show that no matter how long you own your own business or or have your own business or, or your own boss or however great of clientele you can have, having that willingness and humility really pays off. And so, you no, know, let's see, October, November has been kind of an interesting month for me where I'll have weeks where it's really, really busy and I'll have a ton of people messaging me and then I'll have a week where it's kind of dead. And so three weeks ago, I had a pretty dead week. And I was a little bit stressed about it, a little bit worried. And again, it comes back to that humility. And my, my big mantra is just try if I put it out there and it comes back to me, it's meant to come back to me. Right. And if it's not, then it's not meant to be, maybe I am supposed to have a slower week. Maybe there are other things that I need to take care of in my home or in my marriage or other, just other aspects of my life, or even my fitness aspect of my life. And so I had posted, and I typically don't ever do sales. I've been really grateful to be at this point in my career where um, people understand the value of my work, and they are willing to pay the price that I have put for it. However, that humility comes back in where I said, okay, let's see if I do a sale. Maybe I can get a couple more people in, and I was able to fill every single spot that week.
0: And I had another
1: instance just this week where that had happened, where I had a couple spots. It wasn't nearly as dead as it was um, three weeks ago. But I said, you know what? I'm just going to do a little sale. And I think it's also important to talk about being really careful with that. You do have to be very strategic, because if you are constantly doing sales, it it cheapens your work, right? Mm. And people will not understand the value of, of your work. And so I think there is a definite strategy to it. However, I was able to fill every single spot this week. And so that was probably one of my biggest, like, I guess not a huge massive success story. Um, I feel like the Lash business is kind of a slow build. You know, it went from 10 clients a week to 15 clients a week to 25 clients a week to 20 clients a week, you know, and so it has definitely kind of always been a slow kind of gradual build. There was never a time where like all 20 clients just happened to appear out of nowhere. Um, But I think it just goes to show that if you're willing and you're humble about it, it'll, like I said, whatever you put out there will come back. It's happened almost every time.
0: Mm, Yes. I like how you mentioned about the devaluing with the, with doing sales all the time. I think a lot of people use, I think that's something that people should be weary of too. Like, with their pricing even like i think having this is crazy my brother talks about this a ton in his course but like basically you need to have a price that that's like kind of the middle ground for people like if they see it as too low then they probably you know they might go to somewhere else because it, it's cheap it looks cheap whereas if you have something that's too high they don't want to come to you because they think they're you're too expensive they're out of the price range but you have something that's in the middle they're like okay so they have value but they're also they're also like In my price range. And that's kind of like the sweet spot. And like they obviously teach this in like business classes, entrepreneurship classes, like all those things. But it's really important that like you stick to that as well. Like you stick to having a medium or maybe you want to be a higher ticket type of thing. You just stick to your prices and you're not constantly offering sales and discounts because then people are going to always be like, oh, they're the cheaper option. And they'll come to you for that always no matter what. You probably will cannot ha- have consistent business, but it will always be cheap, right? You won't get as much money as you could have. So love that point. Um, and I think this podcast is going to be talking, I think the name is going to be something about humility because we've been talking about that <laughs> ton, which I love. I think it's awesome. It's rare. Most people are talking about all the things that they're doing right, how there's nothing that they're doing wrong and how they can't learn from anybody. So it's good that we're talking about something like this. Um, Okay, so let's do we'll do like two more questions for you. Um so we talked kind of on that. Let's do. Okay. Mm. Okay, yeah. How do you balance your passion for aesthetics with the demands of running a successful online business? And what advice can you offer to maintain work-life balance?
1: Oh my goodness. It's tough. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs will understand that. Um, it definitely is tough. And like I said, the last, I think, probably two years, I didn't have a work-life balance. I was very committed to just taking whatever I could. And and like you had said before, I didn't understand where where the boundary was. And I kind of just took wherever and whoever. And I think one of the biggest things that helped me was setting my non-negotiable of I do not work weekends. Um, Occasionally I will every once in a while. And that comes back to like our favorite word, humility, um, and being willing. But I think one of the biggest things is setting the times that you are willing to work and you are not willing to work. One of the things that all of my clients know is I will not take anyone past 4.30. I will take someone as early as 6.45, which can be early even for some people, but my non-negotiable is that 4.30 is cut off because my evenings are very important to me. And I think that that's one of the things where I'm able to have my life back at, at that point. Um, I think another thing too is not overworking myself. And I had you know touched on that prior where I used to take five, six clients a day. And now typically I only will take four where I'm able to kind of still be able to do things in my day and I think that that's been really really important um I think one of the biggest things too and I know you'll understand this with with fitness and fitness journeys but I think prioritizing getting a workout in every single day um regardless of what your work schedule is now my work schedule will fluctuate just because I'm working with different people um but I think prioritizing Getting that workout in because I think one of the things that makes people feel like all they're doing is just work, 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 work is because they're not finding that hour, that 30 minutes to squeeze something in, whether it's walking, lifting, Pilates, whatever you want to do. But I think just making that a priority um, can be very, very vital for your mental health as an entrepreneur. Um, And I think my last one would probably be stopping work at a specific time every day. Now, most of my job is is done in the last room where I'm providing a service, right? Um, However, I do also converse with clients. I'm posting on Instagram, curating posts, preparing posts, editing posts, um, scheduling with clients at at any random hours. And people are gonna text you and message you at at different times a day. I've had clients text me at two in the morning. I've had clients text me at three in the afternoon. But I think the important thing is to understand when you are done, because what will happen is, you know, one of my favorite things to say is if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything, right? And so if I am willing to answer a client's text at any time of the day, any time of the night, my whole life has gone from, oh, I have work and then I get to do stuff To I am working 24 seven around the clock Monday through Sunday. That's not fair. And so I typically have a cutoff time, like after 9 30 PM, I typically will not respond to a client because that's like not professional either, you know? So find your time and, and make sure that you stick to that.
0: That's so important, especially for, uh, relaxing and renewing everything that you, cause like your ability to perform and, and, produce your highest quality work will not be there when you're constantly going. And like if you were taking clients till 8 8 p.m. at night, you would probably be so overworked, so burnt out. And the only difference between the 8 p.m. schedule to your 4.30 schedule is a couple of hours, right? Like it's not a huge difference. So it's not worth it to be sacrificing mental health, physical health, relationships. Like that's where you have to come back to like, where is the investments I'm making, and how much can I actually give to one? Like, realistically, sustainably, without going crazy, without, you know, killing my husband. <laughs> like, yep. what, what is the amount I can take? And that's gonna probably look different for other every everyone. I was listening to a podcast from Layla Horm- Hermosi. You know Layla, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Alex Hermosi's wife. Yeah, she was like, I don't mind responding to like texts and Facetime call, like all like calls and everything till like nine p.m. I was like. And she wakes up at like six 15. I was like, this girl, like <laughs> they, once they have kids, if they have kids, like that will change, I'm sure. But like, you know, she's like, I'll go on my walk with Alex. We spent a couple of hours together. And she's like, I don't really like mind texting people at this time or like doing work calls. And I'm like, girl, I don't know how you do that. But, um, anyway, for the last question, um, to end us off tonight, where can people find you on social? Oh
1: yeah. So I am, so it's double underscore. So underscore, underscore lashed by Maddie and it's M-A-D-D-I-E. And then there's two underscores after that. So if you're, if you, if you look up lashed by Maddie, it should come up, but, and then I'm just on Instagram. My personal Instagram is it's your girl Mads. No, no fancy anything. It's just, it's your girl Mads. And I also have a podcast. It's in the newer stages. Um, but it's called mic Up with Maddie and it's more of a comedy kind of just fun podcast but I would love to get to the stage where you're at one day so
0: oh you're so awesome I'm so happy to have you on today and thank you for sharing all your knowledge like I completely picked your brain today and I think people are gonna just eat it up because there's so many estheticians out there like struggling to know how to start how to take on the business realm of things how to manage clientele like this is amazing for them. This is a great resource. So I love you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Okay. We'll see ya.